Hello and welcome to an extra special Alka Hunt podcast. The podcast that says jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way to the liquor cabinet. I'm EJ. I'm Beth. And we are going to do something a little differently tonight. We are not drinking beer. We did a little deal on social media and people voted if we were drinking beer or liquor for this episode and liquor won by a landslide and we did get a couple of requests for what we should drink and to be totally honest with you this isn't that long of a podcast recovering and then editing this after uh, just totally getting annihilated probably wouldn't be the best way to go it might be entertaining I don't think I want to be that entertaining. So, Beth, are you excited about Christmas? Of course. I'm always excited about Christmas. What, what's your favorite holiday? Christmas. Yeah. And when, my birthday. When do you start listening to Christmas music? When do I start listening to Christmas music for other people to hear it, or when do I start listening to Christmas music? Do you ever stop listening to Christmas music? No. No. But tonight we are drinking some adult hot chocolates while we record so you will not be hearing the familiar noise of a beer can opening or anything like that sorry (laughs) i'm not sorry this is delicious you're missing out folks make yourself some adult hot chocolate there are like tons of recipes just google it you will find some bomb diggity looking stuff they are delicious and creamy super creamy hopefully i don't get diarrhea (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's funny <laughs> not so much <laughs> what what you gonna talk about tonight well actually i wanted to ask if you'd ever heard the story of balder like like the norse story of Baldur? no um Baldur was actually the grandson of the Norse god Thor. I lied. I'm quite familiar. But go ahead. (laughs) Baldur awoke one morning sure that every plant and animal on earth wanted to kill him. His wife and his mom tried to console him, but it didn't work. So his wife and mom decided to ask every living thing to please not kill Baldur. They talked to the oak tree, the pig, the cow, the crow ants, and even worms. They all agreed not to kill poor Baldor. Woman went back and told Baldor, and he was celebrating his great news when he felt a pain in his chest. He'd been shot and would die from an arrow made from the wood of a mistletoe plant. For you see, the mistletoe was the one living thing that his mom and wife forgot to talk to. Well, actually... I heard a different or read a different version of the story. Actually, Loki found out that they hadn't spoken to the mistletoe. And I can't remember which demigod or deity it was, but they were blind. And Loki fashioned a dart from the mistletoe and convinced said blind individual to throw it. And he aimed him at Baldur. But that's just a different telling of the story. I don't know which one is (laughs) accurate, you know, because I wasn't there. Well, the lesson learned from poor Baldur's death was never forget about the mistletoe. 
the mistletoe came to be hung over doorways as a reminder, and we kiss under it to remember what Baldor's wife and mom forgot. Why, why do we kiss under it? Well, but what? Well, I mean, they they forgot to talk to it, but why does kissing remind us of that? Because they can't kiss Baldor anymore. No. Well, they can't kiss me either. <laughs> the modern <laughs> version of mistletoe, as wrote by Washington Irving in the 1800s, is that a young man may have the privilege of kissing the girls under the mistletoe, plucking each time a berry from the bush. When the berries are all p- plucked, the privilege ceases of kisses. No more kissing. Um, mistletoe actually grows on trees, like the willow, apple, and oak trees. Um, the ancient druids hunt it in their houses also. They felt it possessed mystical powers that brought good luck to the household and warded off evil spirits. So mistletoe, is it like a woody vine that climbs up the trees? We'll get to that. Okay, sorry. Getting ahead of you. Um, the first Christians that came to Western Europe banned the use of mistletoe in churches as decoration. However, the York Minster <laughs> Church in the UK used to have a special mistletoe service in the wintertime for all the wrongdoers in the city of York to come and be pardoned. And come commit a little adultery. <laughs> um, in Victorian England, the tradition stated that a man was allowed to kiss any woman standing underneath the mistletoe, and Adultery. bad luck would befall any woman who refused the kiss. But I'm married. You want bad luck? No. Take me. <laughs> um, some interesting <laughs> facts about the mistletoe uh, is that mistletoe is actually poisonous to humans. I did know that. But birds eat it, butterflies lay their eggs on it and use the nectar, and bees also get pollen from the mistletoe. And mistletoe is actually spread on trees through bird poop. It's a parasite that attaches itself to the host tree and grows out of the branch. Well, that, I guess, clears it up. And mistletoe actually in Anglo-Saxon, Anglo-Saxon actually is translated to mean Done stick. Like you're finished. Like poop. Oh, dung stick. I thought you said done stick. No, done. Poop. <laughs> poop it's a stick. poop stick. We kiss under the poop stick. Kiss under the poop stick. Um, in medieval <laughs> times, mistletoe was good luck during December, but it was to be burnt once Christmas was over. It was considered bad luck to keep it after the Christmas season. So you can only be a little frisky under the mistletoe when Santa's watching you. I did a search on the internet to find different mistletoe products, per se. Um, You can buy artificial mistletoe, real mistletoe, t-shirts, hats, headbands, wine bottle toppers, wreaths, ornaments, and earrings. And probably belt buckles. Probably. Because people are gross. They are. <laughs> On a side note, we do not own real mistletoe or a fake mistletoe in my house because I don't need a little plant to have you kiss me. We would have to burn it every year. Not very cost efficient. <laughs> like our fake tree. I love our fake tree. I know. 
Our Christmas tree looks beautiful. Hopefully everybody else has their Christmas trees up and glitzy and glamorous. And if you don't have a Christmas tree, hang up a car air freshener. That's what I wanted to do. You don't even, you don't even have to decorate it. Just get a magic marker and draw some circles. No. And then get one of those gold star stickers and put it on top. That would have been way better. You should have done that when you were a bachelor, if that's what you wanted to do. I don't remember being a bachelor ever. Ever. But, if I live to be 100, I will never forget the big snowstorm of a couple years ago. The weather closed in and, well, (laughs) you might not believe it, but the world almost missed Christmas. Oh, excuse me. Call me Sam. What's the matter? Haven't you ever seen a talking snowman before? The first time the world heard those words was in 1964. What wonderful words. And Sam the Snowman, as you might have guessed, is the narrator for the Christmas special Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which is my personal favorite Christmas program. I have only missed it one time, ever, and it's broadcast life since I've been alive that I can remember. I even watched it in a truck once, just so I wouldn't miss it. (laughs) And Sam the Snowman... Uh, was voiced by Burl Ives, and his face, that is, Sam the Snowman's face, was made to resemble the famous singer, actually, with the little mustache and the pointy goatee part. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Only 11 people made up the entire cast of the show. (laughs) Aside from Sam, Yukon Cornelius, Rudolph, Hermie, and Clarice, every other character in the show was voiced by one of the six other actors. That's why... uh, like King Moonracer and Santa sound awful similar. They do now that you point that yeah. out. Yeah, they do. Um, the animation, though, was actually filmed in Japan. And it's the same kind of animation that was actually famously used in the original King Kong movie. But for some reason, when the King Kong movie was made in the 30s, until this stop-motion animation film was made in the 60s, people just didn't really notice it and like it got huge press like this animation style the stop motion with the internal wires got a huge amount of like um i don't know notice from the public and then we had gumby oh gumby but that that was claymation oh but <clears throat> rudolph the red-nosed reindeer was actually created by uh, author robert lewis may and he first appeared in a 1939 booklet published by montgomery ward like the department store published it. Was the song out before the movie? No. Gene Autry recorded the song in June 1949. And the record was released September 1st of the same year. Now, when I think of a Christmas song, I don't think about recording it in summer. I don't think about Christmas until after you know Thanksgiving, really. Oh, you think about it beforehand, about how your wife's crazy and needs yeah. to slow her horses. I have to complain a little bit. But it does make sense from a marketing point of view, as you'll see. Because after its release, the song worked its way up to number one in the charts, and then it fell completely off. Went from being number one to less than 100. And it's the only song ever to do this. But since it hit number one during the week ending January 7th, 1950, it was the first number one hit song of the 50s. When I think of the 50s, I don't think of Rudolph the Red-Nosed <laughs> Reindeer. I think of Elvis. Stuff like that. Um, His beak blinks like a blinking beacon. 
says Donner, Donner's lead reindeer. He's also Rudolph's daddy. And apparently, um, in the original storyboards, Rudolph was supposed to be delivered by Stork. But that idea got scrapped, so we just have to assume that he was born naturally to Mrs. Donner. <laughs> Mrs. Donner. Her name is Mrs. That's what it's listed as. Now we know. Mrs. Ah, me and the Mrs. But I noticed at the end, when Rudolph leads the team, there are only six reindeer. Not eight. I've never noticed that either. I, I noticed. Well, there's they're two by two, and then there are only three rows. And then Rudolph is out front all by himself. So did he bump two deer just to pull it by himself? He's like, I got this. I don't need you, Blitzen. Get out of here. That's what they get for calling him names. Calling him names. All right, here's a couple of bits about a couple of characters here. Um, Yukon Cornelius. You know how he throws up his pickaxe and it flips in the air a couple times and it sticks in the ground? And he kind of licks it off? Nothing. Nothing. Well, it's because he's looking for not silver or gold. He's looking for the elusive peppermint mine. That's why he tastes it all the time, trying to catch a hint of peppermint. And that was actually revealed during a bonus feature section of a DVD released in the early 2000s. That's really neat. Yeah. I thought he was and trying to taste for gold and silver. See, that's what everybody thought. Um, his dogs, though, his sled dogs, they're not uh, huskies or any other northern breed of dog. Have you ever noticed his dogs? They're little mutts. Well, I always notice he's got a wiener dog. But they're as follows. He's got a Cocker Spaniel, a Poodle, a St. Bernard, a Collie, and a Dachshund. <laughs> and writing out the word Dachshund for the first time in my life, I think, it's a very strange word to write. And it looks weird on paper. Hermie, the aspiring dentist elf. Hermie doesn't like to make toys. He's the only male elf with hair on top of his head. Yeah. Hermie doesn't like to make toys. He's also the only elf without pointy ears. <laughs> I didn't notice he didn't have pointy ears. Plus, towards the end, kind of looks like he's getting his Mac on with the little lady elf there. I don't know if you ever noticed that. I've noticed that. Hermie's putting on his... Uh, Curly wides, he's all smiling, kind of being a little flirty. But now, rant time. The Bumble, the abominable snow monster of the north. My personal favorite character. Literally doing what Bumbles do, and we know that there are more because Yukon has experience with them, and if the two had met before, then the Bumble would remember him, even if all Bumbles look identical and Yukon couldn't tell. Okay? There was no familiarity. But Yukon knew how to deal with bumbles, so there are more bumbles. And he's eating reindeer. That's what he wants. Apparently that and pork. Oink, 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 oink. <laughs> but, but the bumble has a mouth full of pointy teeth. Like, like shark teeth or any other carnivorous animal. Okay, He doesn't have teeth like a great ape that makes him an omnivore or flat teeth or anything to grind plant matter. He is a meat-eating creature. That's what Bumble's there for. He uh, gets his teeth ripped from his mouth by a dentist whose only experience that we ever see is him hitting in the doll in the mouth with a hammer. That's what we see. And then the guy's like, a dentist! And freaks out on him and doesn't let him take a break. Seriously. So now what happens, hopefully Hermie crafted some dentures. Otherwise, the poor Bumble is going to starve to death. That's not cool. 
Maybe they're going to make him pig smoothies. Really? Really? That's what he wants to subsist off? I, if I lost all my teeth, I wouldn't want steak smoothies. I wouldn't want pig smoothies. You know, part of the enjoyment of food is the texture. You know, and... Yes, th- but now he gets to be around people and have friends. Why, why didn't they just try to be nice to him? Why didn't they even try and negotiate with him? They just, they just fleed in terror every time they saw him, and then they tricked him. He was trying to eat Rudolph. <sighs> He's doing what Bumbles do, okay? It's not my fault that everybody else is pretty unreasonable here. You're going you're gonna to go find a wolf and then pull out its teeth and be like, we can be friends now? No, the wolf's still not going to like you, and you pulled out its teeth. <laughs> I don't think I would it's ever going, try to pull out anybody's teeth. It's going to hate you. And the bumble, he even put the star on top of the tree. I'm not sure why. I'm guessing Hermie didn't use any anesthetic, though, so he's probably in a ton of pain and not very happy. Even though he's got a cute toothless grin, too. Okay, okay, that's enough. A couple of other things. In the original airing, they visited the island of misfit toys, but after they left, the toys were never mentioned again. It was children riding in concerned about them that prompted the studio to add the final scene with the toys being delivered, which has been there ever since. Oh, I was going to say, I remember in the movie they yeah. go back for the toys. Yeah, and the toys all appear fixed, too, like the choo-choo with the square wheels and the caboose. Uh, looks like it doesn't have a caboose anymore, and stuff like that. Because Christmas magic, yay! Um, none of the puppets used in animation, though, are known to still exist. But the original puppets of Santa and young Rudolph were discovered in storage after over 40 years. There were no other puppets around up to that point. Where were they discovered? In some lady's shed. Really? Yeah. Because who knows how they ended up there. She had been on the project, I suppose. And they had to be restored. The only thing that was wrong with them that I read, well, I read two things. One said that Santa's white parts of him, like his beard and his mustache and hair, had yellowed. But another one, I saw part of his mustache was missing and he had mold under his beard. But either way... um, (laughs) They were restored by Screen Novelties International, and they, they did it actually only for the expenses. So they didn't charge for labor or anything like that, uh, to the tune of $4,000. And they did it as a labor of love. So where are they now? Well, hold on. The puppets originally cost five grand apiece to make in 1964. Mm-hmm. So with inflation, that's a pretty sweet deal, really. And now they tour the country as of 2007, different expos and stuff. You could actually see the uh, original two, Rudolph and Santa. I noticed you didn't talk about Clarice at all. I didn't talk about Clarice, Fireball. I didn't talk about Comet, who's mean coach. Yeah, go, yeah, yeah. Nope, I didn't talk about Clarice because she's too sweet. She went out with Mrs. to go look for Rudolph. Well, yeah, and then we know what happened after that, don't we? <laughs> then it ended up being the rescuers had to get rescued. That's sad, because of the mean snowstorm. But that's just a little bit about that. If anybody else has anything they want to say about Rudolph, please let us know. Um, what are your other favorite Christmas specials? Up there for me has got to be Charlie Brown Christmas special. A White Christmas. A White Christmas, huh? My favorite Christmas movie, though, Die Hard. Yeah, I know. Well, what's your favorite Christmas song? Santa Baby. Really? You want him to slip a sable under the tree? Like a Mercury sable. I'm going to drive it through the wall. I also like 
um, Nelly Kaliki Maka. I figured that that would make an appearance because of your slight obsession <laughs> with the performance artist there. Um, there was also, I saw, and I didn't look into this too much, there was also a Rudolph TV series in the 60s. And during the the first three episodes of the show, I can't remember who, who produced it, but Rudolph was really like an advertisement. They were sponsored by a company, and then that company had that tall elf with the glasses. Uh-huh. He was a spokesman for the company during commercial breaks. That's cool. It's kind of pandering children, but... How's that any different than now? There have been several other remakes of the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer over the years, but in my humble opinion, I think that this one is the best one. I know we enjoy watching it every year with you. We do. And we love the Bumble so much at our house, he has the honored spot at the top of our tree. That's right, and he's outside waving at the people driving by. From our roof. And he's all over the Christmas tree in many, many different locations. Yes. Someday I'll probably get a bumble tattoo. That'd be cool. I think it'd be cool. Do you have anything else Christmassy? No. There's too much to talk about. There is. And I think that this episode should be short and sweet because we want everybody to have a wonderful holiday with their family and not waste their time listening to a podcast instead of being social. Have a great Christmas, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can contact us at alcohol at gmail.com. We have a Facebook and a Twitter page. That's right. Both, if you search for alcohol, you should find us. And if you would go ahead and give us a rating or a review on whatever podcatching service you're listening to us on, we would really appreciate it. It helps other people find us, and please just get in touch with us if you just want to chat whatever let us know i'm ej i'm beth have a merry christmas merry christmas